1: Welcome. We're so glad you're with us today for Jesus, the healer. I tell you what, the Word will take your life and set it on course. And so I tell you, release your faith as we feed on the Word. And as I often say, I'm believing for God to even say things to you that I don't say, because God can he can pres- prescribe specifically everything you need. And so in the atmosphere of the Word, you just sitting and hearing the Word, uh, God will give you answers. But also, be be have your spiritual antenna up, realizing that, hey, God may say something specifically. It doesn't write, really come out of my mouth, but it answers your need. And so, uh, listen, get your Bible, get a notepad, and pen or pencil, and join along with us. We've been ministering on the subject of the mind, and I'm so glad that the Word is, is, I tell you what, the Word reveals the victory for our thought lives. Amen. God gave us our minds, not for the devil to torment. Amen. But we have to become skillful uh, toward handling Uh, and practicing right thoughts. Amen? Uh, We've been taking as our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter one and verse seven, Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, God has not given us the spirit of fear. How many of you know that's the devil's primary, that's that's his ammo, is fear. God's not given us that spirit of fear, but he has given us power or authority. He's given us his love, And he's given us a sound mind. So notice fear wants to hinder you in the flow of of your power, your authority. It wants to hinder you in your love walk. It wants to affect your sound mind. But I tell you what, all these things belong to you. Your authority, the love of God, and the sound mind, and they're gonna put then they put fear out when we exercise it right. Amen. So because God has given us a sound mind as our inheritance, we have to know how to handle that sound mind. We have to know uh, what a sound mind looks like. What? How does it function? What does it think like? What thoughts does it allow? What thoughts does it not allow? We have to put... We have to safeguard that sound mind. We can't just let all the safeguards down and think we're going to end up with a sound mind. We have to uh, discipline what we allow to come in. We have to discipline what we allow ourselves to think upon. Amen. Just touching something in your thought life can open a door to it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if there's a a hot stove in the kitchen and and a toddler comes up and And mama says, don't touch that hot stove and turns her back and that baby touches that. Doesn't even leave their hand on it for long. They just touch it and they get burned. I tell you what, you get to the point where you learn you can't even just touch into wrong thinking. I'm not talking about it staying there. I'm just even don't even touch it. Don't play. Because wrong thoughts aren't there to play. They're there they're there to trouble you. And you can't play with them. And so don't even just allow yourself to even touch into the wrong direction, the wrong way of thinking. Well, thank God for the word. It's the right thoughts. It's the thoughts of God. And so we have to make sure that we're holding to the thoughts of God, that every thought that that we allow into our thought life, we run it through the word, meaning this, uh, is this in line with the word? If it's not, we don't allow it. We're not playing. We don't play. We don't just let our minds just touch any old direction it wants to go. Amen. Amen. Also, we've been looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I want to look at that again. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 3. Paul was writing, and he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then he goes on to list what strongholds are, casting down imaginations, so what is it? Wrong imaginations are strongholds or they're entrance places where the devil can enter and set up camp. He will try to find a place of entry and then try to, if I could say this, live there in that thought. Casting down imaginations. That's how we pull down strongholds. Casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So anything that's in opposition to the knowledge of God, what is that? The knowledge of His Word, Mm -hmm. that we cast it down. And then it goes on and says, and bringing into captivity every thought, not just most thoughts, not just some thoughts, Mm -hmm. every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, Paul told us to do this. Listen, if we couldn't do this, He would be unjust in telling us to do this. Because this wasn't just Paul telling us, this was the Holy Ghost telling us. Why? Because men of old, they wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. Paul is writing these things by the Spirit of God. And it would be wrong of God to expect us to cast down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. It would be wrong of God to expect that and command that of us if we couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So since he commands us to do it, evidently we can do it. We can do it. Amen. But what are we going to have to do? We have to pay attention to our thought life. Mm -hmm. I tell you, you have to pay attention to your thought life because you can't stop the devil from talking to you, but you can certainly stop him from getting an entrance into your mind. Brother Hagen, who was our spiritual father, Kenneth Hagen, he used to say it this way to us. He, he said, you can't stop the birds from flying around your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Meaning this, you can't stop thoughts from coming, but you can stop them from landing. Right. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. I was... I began on the previous episode talking about any, uh, a test that I went through years ago when I was in my mid-twenties. About That's about, what, three or four years ago? <laughs> well, we'll repent later. And, uh, <laughs> and so um, I had just started preaching. And um, we had gone over. This was our first overseas trip, and I was really looking forward to it. But I tell you what, as soon as we got over there, the enemy just started bombarding me with thoughts about my body. Now, I wasn't having any physical issues, but but like I was saying on the previous episode, because I was a baby Christian still, I was quite young. I didn't know right answers. I didn't have skill with my authority. I didn't have skill of when the, when the mind is feeling a lot, hearing a lot, when there's a lot of pressure on the mind. I did not have the skill of what to do at those times yet. And I certainly didn't say anything to my husband about it. But... Um, the devil was just de- these, these bombarding thoughts about my body. Well, see, I didn't take a stand against it because I thought, well, I don't know if what he sug- he's saying is true. You know, I didn't recognize it as coming from the devil. I, I didn't, I just didn't know. And so I kept turning those thoughts over and over. Well, even if, now this is where I missed it. That was fear talking. It didn't matter whether I had anything wrong with my body or not. I should have spoken to the fear. It wasn't about my body. It wasn't wasn't that I was needing healing scriptures at that point. I should have exercised my authority over fear that was talking to me. And listen, even if there were symptoms in your body, the devil will talk. It's fear talking to you. Resist fear. Amen. Amen. Many times the devil wants to go unrecognized. He doesn't want you to recognize that it's fear talking to you so that you don't use your authority against fear. And that's what Paul was singling out to Timothy. God's not giving us a spirit of fear because evidently Timothy wasn't recognizing that fear was operating. And Paul said, that's fear operating and you have authority over it. And so uh, I, I I, I wasn't recognizing that it was fear. I thought that, yes, these are troubling thoughts, but I thought it was... I needed healing, you see, because the thoughts were concerning my body. But there again, um, it doesn't matter whether it's about your body, your finances, your children, talk to fear. Yes. Amen. Yes. So anyway, I mean, I was harassed. I was bombarded. I could not sleep. I, this was, as a, as a young believer, this is one of the earlier tests that I, that I faced. And I had to preach on a Sunday morning, and man, I was dreading it. And uh, because I thought I-, I need relief here, you know, I've learned since then I don't go after relief. I go after victory. I don't. Man. I don't just. I just want. Man. I don't want just standing. I don't want the opposition standing back. I want it out. I want it annihilated. Man. I want it completely destroyed. Man. But at that point, you know, I was, just, I was just looking for some kind of relief from this thing because when you don't, you know, when your mind isn't, isn't renewed, you know, my goodness, you struggle. So I was getting ready to preach that morning and we, uh, it was during the song service and we were on the platform. I was standing up and while I was standing there, there with a the pastor, my husband and different ministers on the platform, there were probably about 1200 people there that morning. And uh, up a side aisle, Jesus was coming up the side aisle. And you say, well, how'd you know that? By word of knowledge. I knew, I knew exactly where he was. I knew exactly where he was standing. He walked up that side aisle and he came and he stood by me. And the whole time he's coming up, I'm thinking, oh, the devil's had it this time. I mean, the de- Jesus going to come deal with this. He's fixing a deal with this. <laughs> and he walked up to me and he stood by me. And this is what he dealt with me. He said, where's your faith? And there was such displeasure in his tone. And I was stunned. <laughs> I thought, he's upset with me. He's displeased with me. The devil's picking on me. I didn't do this to myself. The devil did that. You know, all these ways of thinking, you know, the unrenewed mind. And I was just stunned that he said, where's your faith? See, it was a faith issue. I thought it was a feeling issue. I thought it was a thinking issue, but it was a faith issue. Your thought life is a faith issue. And so he said to me, He said, Where's your faith? And I thought, Does this mean he's not going to do anything about this? And then he spoke further and he said, It's a sign that I've spoken to you. I want you to call up those who need healing and I'll heal them. And I'm thinking, they who need healing. What about me? Yeah, I, I, I want. I want. I'm here. I want them to be a blessed Be blessed. That's why I'm here. But I'm. I'm struggling. Probably more than any of them out there. <laughs> that's the way I felt. And so I called a healing line. Laid hands on them, and people were healed. And I was left with the rebuke. The rebuke was my answer. You understand that God never rebukes you without your answer being in that rebuke. Amen. Amen. Thank God for his, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. He doesn't correct with sickness. He doesn't correct with tragedy. He doesn't correct with crisis. He corrects with his word. And he said to me, where's your faith? I didn't even know at that point in time that that was a scripture. Mm. You'll recognize the passage maybe. Uh, when Jesus said to his disciples, he said, let's go to the other side. He was telling them, get in the boat and let's travel to the other side. He wanted to minister. He was going to minister on the other side of the lake. And he said, let's go to the other side. They all get in the boat. Why? Because they're going to the other side. That's what he said. We're going to go to the other side. In the midst of that journey over there, Jesus lays down the boat and goes to sleep. Well, the disciples are awake and a storm comes up and the water starts filling up the boat. The boat starts sinking. And you know, there's fishermen aboard. They're bailing water. You know that they know what to do when the boat starts filling up. But even this has overwhelmed their skill. And so they recognize there's nothing more we can do. So, uh, so Peter goes and wakes up Jesus and listen to his word, carest thou not? <laughs> What's that mean? You, you're not, you don't care about me? You're not going to do something about this? See, that's the wrong attitude. <laughs> that's the wrong approach. He said, carest thou not that we perish? Now see, they were uh, thinking, we're, we're going under. We're perishing. Jesus was sleeping peacefully. They were disturbed. They wanted him to be, wake up so, they could be, so that he could be as disturbed as they were. Mm-hmm. And when he woke up, he wasn't disturbed. Why? Because he had skill over what he, see, over what he saw, over what he felt, over what he heard. He was skillful. Yes. He saw what they saw. He saw the boat filling up with water. He saw that it looked to be sinking. It was going too, down, too far down, but he still didn't respond like them. Why? Where's your faith? So he's, he turns, he rebukes the winds, the waves, and everything goes calm. And then he turns around and he doesn't say, good job, guys, for trying to keep us up. <laughs> he didn't say, good job, you did you, 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 you bailed well. No, he turned around and said, where's your faith? He rebuked them for their response to what they felt, yeah. their response to what they heard, their response to what they saw. That Jesus, it dawned on me, it was a couple of years later really before it dawned on me, because I always carried that with me, what he meant by where's your faith and what, I knew there was more to that. And I saw it, that they believed they were going to make it to the other side when they started out the trip, because he said, let's go to the other side. They believed that, or they wouldn't have gotten in the boat. But when the storm came up, they changed what they believed. This is where Jesus rebuked me. Where's your faith? See, I believed I had authority and victory and peace before the enemy started suggesting those thoughts on that overseas trip. But when the test came, I now changed what I believed. I believed what the enemy suggested. That's why I was troubled. When we're troubled, any measure, it's because we're believing the wrong thing to some measure. You understand that? Peace means we're not believing the thing we're we're hearing that threatens us. Peace means that we are not believing what we're seeing and what we're feeling more than we believe the Word. And this is what I saw that Jesus was trying to teach me that day. You changed what you believed and He said, where is your faith? Mm -hmm. Now remember what Peter said to Jesus when he woke him up in the boat. He said, carest thou not? So he accused him because you're not as acting as disturbed and troubled as we are. You don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen, faith is the same. Yes. It keeps you consistent. Yes. It keeps you calm. Yes. It keep, why? Because you're anchored. Uh-huh. You're not right. floating off uh-huh. into crisis uh-huh. and into tragedy. You're anchored. Yes. The Word anchors you. Yes. And when your faith is in the Word, you're anchored. And so people many times who don't know what you know about the Word and don't have their faith developed, uh, they'll not always be pleased when you don't respond in crisis like they do. (laughs) But you know what? You just keep responding in peace. You keep responding in faith because Jesus turned around and He said to those disciples, where's your faith? He dealt with the storm for them and then He rebuked them why did he say, where's your faith? He was letting them know, you could have done that. You could have dealt with that. But because you got out of faith, you didn't deal with that. That's what he said to me. Where's your faith? He was expecting me to deal with it. And when he showed up, he still didn't deal with it. Why? Because he'd given the authority to me to deal with it. And if I wasn't going to deal with it, he couldn't deal with it. If I wasn't going to deal with it, why? Because the authority over my life, he gave to me. Amen. Amen. So notice what Peter said to Jesus. He said, carest thou not, and then listen to this, that we perish. Who told them they were perishing? Who told them what they felt, what they saw, the, the wind they heard told them that they were perishing. So what did, what did they do? They changed what they believed. From before the storm, they believed the right thing. During the storm, they changed what they believe. That's what faith will do. It'll keep you from changing what you believe. Just because a storm shows up. You can't stop storms from showing up. Mm -hmm. But when you stay in faith, you can determine the outcome. And faith writes the finish. Amen. 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 When I was in that overseas on that overseas trip, see, I became occupied with the enemy's threats. That's what was happening without realizing it. I didn't realize it. I was believing the suggestions. Why? Because I was troubled. What troubles you is what you're believing. If you're troubled, if you're troubled by something, you're believing it. Amen. I'm talking about of the enemy. Amen. I should have answered those thoughts. But see, I didn't recognize that it was fear because he suggested something about my body. I thought it was strictly physical. It's not. It was fear talking to me about my body. So I should have spoken to the fear. Rebuke the fear. Resist the fear. You have complete and total authority over it. Amen. Now, what was the enemy doing by bringing up suggestions about my body? He was getting me up in the mental arena, trying to figure it out. Why does he work to bring us and draw us into the mental arena? Because he wants to get us away from our faith. Mm -hmm. Our faith is in our heart. Our faith is in the spirit arena. Mm -hmm. And if the devil can hold you in the mental arena, he'll hold you outside of your faith. Mm -hmm. That's why he seeks to create all this mental commotion, all the thoughts, all the threats, all the bombardments, because he's trying to keep you away from your faith. Listen, he can cause things to be felt. He can cause things to be heard. Why? Because uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse four, calls him the God of this world. He can adjust Amen. things and circumstances around you, but he can't adjust you, That's right. Amen. not unless you believe the things you feel, see, hear, touch. Amen. Amen. And listen, it is so easy to slip into the natural. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to slip back into the natural and being uh, led by the natural. Amen. Amen. To become occupied with what you see and feel is what you have to become skillful at. Don't become occupied with that. Right. Amen. Just because you, just you can see it doesn't mean you have to look at it. That's right. Amen. Just because you can hear it doesn't mean you have to listen to it. Yes. Amen. Amen. The devil may be able to create circumstances that you can see, feel, and hear, but he can't make you believe them. Mm -hmm. Your believing is completely under your control. Amen. Amen. Now, let me me go even a step further. Um, As I said, you can't outthink wrong thoughts. I said you cannot outthink wrong thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have to answer them with the word. And people are waiting for God to do something about that mind. He's, they're waiting for them to do something about the peace. He's waiting for God. They're waiting for God to do something. He did do something. He gave you the authority to answer it. Now, uh, you have to also look at the, the strategies of why he works the way he works sometimes. That was the first overseas trip that my husband and I made once we were married. And the enemy attacked me so strongly over there. Why? Because overseas travels is part of what my assignment is. So what's he trying to do? He's trying to make me dread what I'm born for. He'll attack you in arenas that you're really sometimes called to, anointed for, assigned to. People that uh, they fear traveling. I'm talking about uh, people may fear traveling. Uh, he'll, the devil will use anything, but I've seen ministers that they get into fear over traveling. Why? It keeps them from traveling to minister. He's trying to hold back them in their assignment. Amen. So pay attention to what the devil. Why did he use a certain strategy against you? Because many times there's more connected to it. He's not all knowing, but he can he can see some things just because he's in the spirit realm. He can see the blessing and the anointing of God upon your life in a certain direction too, and he's, he can see he can see some things, and uh, so that's why he he attacked me. I I, I believe no doubt in that traveling overseas because he wanted me to not do it. Because from that point on, I dreaded any overseas trip. Because every time I would go overseas, there would be an attack until I learned to become skillful, you see. Now it's not an issue, but what was he trying to do? He was trying to get me to dread what I was born for. He was trying to get me to draw back from what I was born for. And it's through wrong thinking that he'll even use that. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah! Many they will they will. Uh, you, like I said, you cannot outthink wrong thoughts. You can't just. He wants to get you in that mental arena to try to entrench you in that. You answer it. Then what many times people will do is they'll a, a thought may be troubling to their mind, and they'll answer it with the word, and then they'll check to see if it's still there. Get that? They'll check. Is that still there? They'll pause. Is that, did, did that work? (laughs) No. Once you answer it, you turn your back on it. I don't care how many times you can still hear the effects of that thing. Listen, you've heard me. I, I was saying it this way. To me, it seems just like a bell that's ringing. When a bell, I'm talking about a large one of those old like bells that they may have in a bell tower and somebody with a rope. Remember, years and years ago in former centuries, there were means of communication that have a big bell in the town center and somebody would ring that bell. That means there's an emergency. Some, mm-hmm. Everybody come. Well, when a, uh, that bell would ring as long as somebody was on the rope, but as soon as they let go of the rope, you know what happens to the bell? For a time, it keeps ringing. Mm-hmm. What is that? The momentum of someone having been there. And many times when you resist a thought and you answer it, it seems like that thought just continues. Why? Well, one thing, the devil's talking the whole way out. He's fleeing. Resist the devil, he'll flee, but he doesn't flee with a closed mouth. He flees with his mouth still going. (laughs) But it's almost like the momentum of him having been there. Right that that thought still tries to trouble you. Don't worry, he's off the rope. Once you took your authority over him, he's off the rope. That thing, the circumstances will calm down. The symptoms will subside. Don't be concerned about the momentum of him having been there. Once you use your authority, he's off the rope. Amen. Amen. And this is where many times people miss it because they're checking their mind to see if 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 that thought left them when they use their authority. What you've got to do is turn your back to it. What's that mean? Put your attention on something else. Get your attention completely off of it. And the best way to do that is start praising. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise long enough until the anointing comes. And then when the anointing comes, the anointing destroys the yoke of that thought. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. We've been teaching out of this book of Sound Disciplined Mind. I tell you, it'll be a blessing to you, but you don't just get this once. You just got to hear it over and over and over. One, one hearing isn't enough. So go to defraimministries.org and let us know you want your copy. And remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. We'll see you next time.
0: To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, September 4th through the 8th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Ladies' Conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at defrayeministries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayeministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store.